Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode in which we discuss caffeine and competition. A.K.A. hashtag adrenaline. Hashtag adrenaline pump. <laughs> uh, today we're going to focus all on adrenaline and um, maybe talk a little bit about coffee. Yeah. And some false adrenaline. Sure. Talk about some competitive adrenaline <laughs> and how you can maximize your use of your fanciest human tool yeah that hormone tool yep just pump into the system (laughs) so before we go before we start uh let's check in about last week's challenge yes please we should check in uh i gave you the challenge of finding those lats and did i ever did you i did tell me okay so i found them i found them when we were recording last week and that was that was great felt them definitely and then this week i started well, Hannah, I started your pull-up progression. What do you know? <laughs> so I've been doing all these extra little um, kind of muscle challenges before and after actually doing our workouts over in the gym at Sulcana. And I am for sure feeling my lats. Good. And they're there. They will be larger and more in charge as the weeks go by. Yes. They start small. They do. And timid. But at least now I know where they are because um, I didn't. Yep. That's good. I'd love to hear about some other lat finders. They're out there somewhere. Find your lats. Find your lats. <laughs> Hannah, what about your challenge? Well, that I, gave I you? stopped taking my subs uh, for a couple of days, and I um, like wrote down how I feel, and I noticed I felt pretty good. And um, then I introduced them back in one at a time. Mm. And I noticed that I have tend to be more full if I take casein, more full in the morning, feeling like I uh, am not like ready to eat right away in the morning, um, but that I didn't notice any increase in like bloating or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just noticed that I was full. Sure, that feeling of fullness. Mm-hmm. And then my other protein, the whey protein, um, I didn't notice any change before and after. Okay. So like, I didn't notice anything significant. Yeah. But I noticed that I, when I didn't take either of those, I was more sore. And if I didn't take any of my BC, BCAAs either, sure. I was more sore on the days that I didn't take those the following day yeah. than I was when I did take them. Cool. So Good detective work. Turns out it's okay. Feels pretty good. Yeah. But it delays my breakfast a little bit. Yeah. And for anyone who isn't sure, so casein is a type of milk protein, and it's a really common supplement, um, kind of like protein powder. Same with whey. Whey is also derived from dairy, and then it's dried and made it into a protein powder. And then BCAAs, um, that's just short for branched-chain amino acids. Google it. Google that. Okay, on to this week's episode. <laughs> Lucia. Yes. What's the scoop? Caffeine and adrenaline, what's the deal? Yeah, so uh, what I see with people in my practice or just in the life is that caffeine is rampant. The use of caffeine? What do you mean? <laughs> I had three cups of coffee this morning. What are you talking about? Yeah. And they were like 12-ounce cups. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine. 
Um, right. Why do you drink coffee? It feels so good. It feels good. I'm addicted to it. What can you can you qualify? Like what what do you oh, feel? Oh man, when you drink just like the taste of a hot steaming cup of joe right on the edge of your lips. It's really you <laughs> just have to have it. Like I went to a restaurant this morning for breakfast to get coffee. And I drank two cups in house, and then I asked them if I could have my last refill to go, mm-hmm. and they filled it up. I haven't. I don't think I drank more than two sips of it, but boy, was it comforting just to hold that cup. Yeah. What happens if you go a day without coffee? Nothing. Fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> I definitely am crabby in the morning before I have my cup. Sure. Yeah. Like, I don't want anyone to talk to me. Right. No. <laughs> no words until. Coffee has been had. Yeah. There's like t-shirts that say that. Oh, they're like, don't talk to me. I have no coffee or something more clever, I'm sure. Um, So caffeine Mm -hmm. is the main stimulant that's in coffee. Yeah. The main purpose why people tend to drink coffee. So a stimulant is something that's going to wake people up, kind of get things moving, get those. Cleaner and safer than cocaine, Lucia. I'm just saying. Hey, hey, nothing against caffeine. Here's my general take on coffee. Okay, let's hear it. My general take on coffee is that I feel like if people can come to a place where they f- they feel like they don't need it, mm-hmm. then I feel like it's having an appropriate response in their body when they do have it. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but what if I told you, I don't need coffee. I can quit whenever I want. It's fine. Yeah. I'll be fine. I just choose to drink it because I love it so much. <laughs> but I can quit anytime. Yeah. I'm totally fine. This intervention is unnecessary, and you can all leave. It's rough, right? Yeah. There's a definite, there's a love for coffee, and it runs strong. And I would say that's one of the, when clients are coming to see me for one-on-one sessions, that is something that people will say up front, even before they sit down Because I'm not drinking coffee. They'll say, listen, I'm here to see you. We're going to talk nutrition, but. Don't you take away my coffee. Don't take, that's exactly what they say, almost verbatim. It's social. Don't take it away. It's so social. Mm-hmm. You have a cup of coffee with the with a friend yeah. if your friend orders tea you're like the heck <laughs> this isn't gonna be a good conversation the Get words aren't gonna life. be flowing yeah when you're caffeinated you're like buzzing a million miles an hour you're gonna get so much done yeah so much done. yeah you can say a lot of words you can think a lot of thoughts and there's there's a definite place for coffee so there's no there's no coffee shaming no coffee bashing okay but um what i kind of wanted to talk about is What's happening more so in our body, not even just with coffee, we're going to kind of backtrack and look at things kind of with a wider lens, but so coffee has a caffeine, caffeine is a stimulant. When the caffeine is coming into our system, what's happening is that it's stimulating our adrenal system. Mm-hmm. So we have our adrenal glands. Yep. Do you, can you uh, make a guess where our adrenal glands are in our body? Your adrenal glands are either like at the base of your head or they're like down by your private parts yeah yeah they're by your private parts yep okay but the inside of your private parts they so <laughs> they're like, real private close to my uterus right so they're they sit right on top of our kidneys okay yeah that's pretty close to the uterus all that yeah. stuff is all kind of nearby in the yeah. same neighborhood right so for anyone who doesn't know if you look at someone from behind and kind of look at their lower back on each side of their lower back. That's where a kidney is going to be. So the adrenal glands are these teeny tiny little glands. They're super small. They're like the size of a marble, maybe-ish, approximately. Disclaimer, Um, if you are staring at someone's low back (laughs) and you don't know the person, make it quick. You know what? Go in the bathroom, look in the mirror. Look at your own low back. Yeah, it's a good spinal twist right there. Yeah. So if you have a, a, a... 
a lower back tattoo, you've got a good center point to start Ooh, from. Ooh, so true. So we've located our kidneys. We've located our adrenal glands. We know they're right there. They're these teeny tiny little things, but they do so much in our bodies. They're our adrenal glands. They are in charge of shooting out adrenaline, mm-hmm. cortisol, and norepinephrine. Okay, some of those are good. Yeah, they, they all have their place. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens when we drink coffee is and we're getting in that caffeine is that that's going to stimulate our adrenal glands. Yeah. So that's part of why when we're drinking that caffeine, we feel the effect of, oh, hey, I can do things faster, better. I can better. lift all the weights. I can lift all the weights. I can write a book. And I can also multitask and finish all of my work while I'm lifting weights and writing a book. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So it has a purpose. It has its use. So what I wanted to talk about is kind of what what adrenaline is and what it's doing. Um, so adrenaline's coming from the adrenal glands. It's really our body kind of has these two main states. There's parasympathetic, which you can think of as a rest and digest. So that's kind of our when we're relaxed, we're hanging out with friends, we feel just kind of generally at ease. That's parasympathetic. Then we have the sympathetic state, and that's where we're kind of in fight or flight or freeze mode. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of amped up, right? We've kind of turned up the volume on what our body's doing and how it's responding to outside stimuli. So adrenaline is a factor in that. Right. So you want that sometimes. You want that sometimes. So back in the day, back like way, way, way back in the day, before you and I were ever born, Right. the reason we had these two different states... There's a, an adaptive evolutionary function to being able to, to be able to be in that um, sympathetic state. Yeah. So the saber tooth. Yeah. Tiger comes for you and your cave significant other. Mm-hmm. You got to get out. What's happening in our bodies, our body immediately shifts over into that sympathetic state. Adrenaline, norepinephrine, cortisol, all these kind of stress hormones right. are boosted. They're flowing through our system. The reason we have that is to our body is what's happening is that our body is saying hey hold on i'm not going to put any effort towards digestion towards any of these housekeeping functions because that is not going to save my life right now Mm -hmm. i've got something big and scary coming right towards me so i need to be able to get away from that really quickly so adrenaline and cortisol and norepinephrine they increase our heart rate they bring more blood into our muscles they, like I said, they decrease these housekeeping functions. So our um, our intestinal motility, the you know speed at which we're digest- digesting, stops. Mm. Right. That makes sense. So in an acute situation, like when that saber tooth is coming towards you, that's awesome. That's great. Your life, you're continuing to live. Right. And that's great. But what happens is that now we're in our modern culture. We're running around. We're stressed out. We're working how many hours per week? Too many. We're sleeping how many hours at night? Not enough. We're not maybe getting enough food? Nope. We're probably not staying hydrated? True. So we've got some of these big, major life stressors that don't stop. Mm-hmm. They're not a saber-toothed tiger that's running in, and we run away from, and then it's gone, and then we can relax. We've got these consistent, chronic stressors. Yeah. And so our body... Being the smart little thing it is, it's going to say, okay, I'll get through this stressor. Here's some adrenaline. Here's some cortisol. Mm. Here's some norepinephrine. Sounds like you could get washed out pretty pretty aggressively with that. You all could. coursing through the system. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you would hit 
adrenal fatigue. Yeah. So you've heard that term, right? Yes. It's like everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. It's a hot topic. Yeah. I mean, not everyone. Like, not most people. But, like, everyone that we know. In this kind of health and fitness-minded community yeah. where people are always trying to hack their bodies, be the fittest they can be. Yeah. Adrenal fatigue is a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, that's not real. Some people are like, that's real. Mm-hmm. You tell me. What is it? Is it real? Of course. Okay. Yeah. It's real, you guys. You can fatigue any system in your body. So if we're chronically and consistently shooting out adrenaline, over time, our adrenal glands, they're never getting a break. Mm. They need that break. Yeah. So they can get burnt out for sure, which is hard for some people to hear. Yes. Because the management for adrenal fatigue, and then, you know, we can get very, you can get, there are lots of specifics and it's going to depend on some bio-individual factors, of course, just like anything. But one of the biggest changes with adrenal fatigue that people have to make our lifestyle changes mm. and also if you're if you're like dealing with adrenal fatigue you're likely underslept right mm-hmm. you're underslept maybe you're underfed or maybe you're inappropriately fed yep. so maybe your reaction to people is going to be a little bit hotter too mm-hmm. so someone For says sure. you're adrenal fatigue and they're like i'm fine i'm getting all my stuff done yeah i'm a boss yeah and you're like yeah, but are you happy? Right. And then and just you just run quick yeah. before they get you. <laughs> then there's a saber-toothed tiger, and now your adrenals are spiking. Yeah. But they catch you because they're, like, way more adrenaline pumping. Yeah, because they've been working out at the gym six days a week. <laughs> but maybe those people, uh, I wonder if there's some truth to this, can't actually sustain their adrenaline output like a normal person could, like a normal person. Someone who's not suffering from adrenal fatigue, and they, have, they need to have an adrenaline output to mm-hmm. succeed in a task... Like, I wonder if there's anything behind that. If they, if, like, an average person who doesn't have adrenal fatigue is able to sustain an adrenal rush or an adrenaline rush more so than somebody who's constantly washed with adrenaline. Right. I mean, you would think so, right? Yeah. Just like a heroin user is not going to f- experience the same level of serotonin mm-hmm. that someone naturally would from the feeling of love or whatever. Right. Because right. they're already overloaded with it when right. they're on heroin. Yeah. If you're, if you're a system, if you're always mm. drowning in adrenaline, then the times when you actually need it... Or want it, like in the gym. Or want it, yeah, in the gym. Or let's say you get into a car accident mm. and you need to make a quick, you know, half-second decision about which yeah. way to turn your steering wheel. Yeah, if you're already burnt out... Oh, man. Those reactions are going to be different than so someone... calm down for a little while and then you can speed up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, adrenal fatigue is real. Adrenal burnout is real mm-hmm. because our adrenal glands are real and they're shooting out real adrenaline. So the reason we're kind of getting into adrenals is because one of the lifestyle factors that people that I think people think are kind of is kind of innocuous is caffeine consumption. Right. So they think, OK, this is just a short term boost in my energy. Yeah. But if you're doing a short term boost of your energy day in, day out, day after day, that's a stressor. Yeah. Okay. So if we're looking at lifestyle factors and we're looking, okay, what are stressors that I need to take away in order to reduce my stress load, that's a consideration. Which is different than what you'll talk about in a minute. Right. When, we're, when we're talking about competition and having that acute adrenaline response, yeah. that's appropriate. And we, we actually want that when we are competing. Because right. like adrenaline, what it actually is doing in the body is bringing more blood into our muscles so we can lift heavier our heart rate speeds up so and we can breathe deeper all that good stuff those are all great adaptations in an acute short-term phase Mm -hmm. yeah okay so overloading on adrenaline Mm -hmm. perhaps overloading on adrenaline plus 
introducing a stimulant on mm-hmm. a daily basis, maybe multiple times a day. It's because some people are drinking it constantly, and coffee exactly. all day long. And because they're trying to catch up on sleep, or right. they're trying to get through without sleep, they're maybe beating themselves up because now their body's holding on to fat, so they're going to the gym more, Ooh. and they're eating less. Yeah. So they're kind problems. of... Problems. Yeah, there's some problems. So all those people who post... I feel like I see this on Facebook every other week. Someone posts an article that's like, see guys, caffeine is healthy for the body. <laughs> your response is, yeah, sure is. You just mm-hmm. got to take into account the other factors of your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. If you're just chilling on the beach every morning, drink a cup of coffee. Totally. Drink a couple cups. It's not totally. going to make much of a difference because you're so relaxed in your parasympathetic state. Maybe you could use a little bit of energy burst. I love it. But if you're not, if you're leading a life that's more stressful, coffee might just be exacerbating or maybe even covering up the problem. Yeah. Likely both. Dang, that's some truth bomb right there. Yeah. So if you feel like you can't get through your day without coffee, then that's probably a big signal that maybe we can try to help you get through your day without coffee. Okay, fair. If you're using coffee for fun, then I think that's really appropriate. And your body probably can handle that caffeine, adrenaline rush, all that good stuff. Right. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's talk about using adrenaline for competition. Before we do, would you like a challenge? Oh, now? Yeah. Sure, I'll take my challenge now. <laughs> okay. I've been thinking it up. So I wanted people to, well, I'll just, I'll just have you do the challenge. I have a feeling I'm not going to like this challenge. It's, you can do it right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I'll like it. Yeah. I'm not going to have you drop down your coffee. Oh, thank that. God. <laughs> I can see the beads of sweat. <laughs> No, what I want you to do is close your eyes and think of a really embarrassing thing that happened to you. Like, super embarrassing. You don't have to tell us, but just think about it. Like, remember it vividly. Once you've remembered it, when you're done, go ahead and tell us if you notice any differences in your body. Oh, yeah. Yeah? My breathing is a lot faster. Breathing is faster. I think my heart's speeding up a little bit. Yeah. So embarrassing. Maybe feeling like a little twitchy. Yeah. Kind of moving around in your seat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So nothing actually just happened to you. No. All you did was think of a memory. I have no idea what that memory is. I'll never tell you. Yeah. You don't need to tell me. <laughs> but your body responded. Yeah. Your body shot out some stress hormones. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm going to get fatigued. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the challenge. So you want me to picture something terrible or embarrassing that happened to me and see how it makes my body stress out. Me, yeah. the listener. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Okay. As a listener, just notice that your thoughts affect how you feel. So we have some, there can be exterior stressors, like ingesting caffeine, getting in that coffee, having it really spike your adrenaline response. Mm-hmm. But know that... Our mind isn't separate from our body either. Right. So even if we're constantly stressed out, if we're thinking about the next task we have to get gut done, if we're thinking about things that went wrong yesterday and trying to, you know, plan what's going to happen tomorrow. and Yeah, that sounds pretty stressful. Yeah. All of that has an effect on our adrenal system. Okay. Well, let's talk about competition, shall we? Please. Since this is a caffeine and competition <laughs> episode, uh, let's talk about using your adrenaline for the positive. Please. So this is interesting. We were talking about um, how you maybe, when you first grow up to be an adult, start to use adrenaline for a positive thing. Maybe you're in high school and you're taking your first SAT or you're taking your first big exam. Adrenaline comes in handy. You start to be able to, like, tap into it. 
and you're using it to get you through life and make you feel successful using college on your big exams maybe in college is when you start to get a little bit of adrenal fatigue because you're stressing out all the time Mm -hmm. take that right into life and you start to notice that you're getting a little bit adapted to that adrenaline pump Mm -hmm. same thing happens with an athlete and when you very first start there's just the adrenaline of being in your first class you like I see this all the time when people try their first workout they come in they do their intro with me they meet up with me they do their first workout and they just crush it like they sail through it the fire is on their adrenaline is pumped and they're moving as fast as they can to the point where sometimes they're like oh god I'm gonna throw up because I'm pushing so hard and there's so much adrenaline pumping through my, my body okay cut to six months down the line a year down the line two years down the line they're doing crossfit or some other exercise on a regular basis that daily adrenaline pump is no longer there, right? They just cannot reach that same level of excitement mm-hmm. or, like, you know, how I refer to it, which is, like, your level of physical arousal. They can't reach that same point when mm-hmm. they're in the gym. They just can't. So in order to facilitate that, they have to do some level of competition or get into some uh, competitive environment, which is why people are so obsessed with things like, CrossFit competitions or weightlifting competitions, powerlifting competitions, mm-hmm. is because then those athletes who are very experienced and don't normally get their adrenaline spiked in the gym on the daily basis, suddenly they go to a competition and their adrenaline is pumped for the whole time. They feel insanely good. They hit PRs. They feel like this rush of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're feeling like you're stuck in the gym hitting a plateau, you might want to sign yourself up for a competition or just ask someone else to come in and do like a little bit of a a contest, um, you might find that you're able to get that pump back. I feel like that's why so many people are so, so interested in going into a competition. Mm. So they can actually find that feeling again. I know that's when I find it. Once every three months or six (laughs) months when I do a competition, that day is when I feel that pump. So you're you're looking for a new stressor, but a a stressor that you're choosing and that you're preparing for. Sure, and the reason we do it is because um, you know, when you, as you mentioned, when you have adrenaline pumping through your body, you're increasing your blood flow, and when you increase your blood flow, you're oxygenating your muscles more, and when you oxygenate your, your muscles more, they are stronger and can be more powerful. Mm-hmm. So, if you have an adrenaline spike right before you walk onto the platform or you walk onto the competition floor, then you are more likely to perform at a higher level. Pretty cool, and then you might hit a new personal record. Exactly, and that's the goal, is that you go to those competitions and you hit your PRs, and then usually, like, two days later in the gym, you're so overloaded with adrenaline, you're so washed out, you try to pick up a weight that's, like, 50% of your max, and you're like, oh, I can't. <laughs> there just is nothing. Your blood's yeah. not pumping the way it was on, on the day before. Or it's just not the same. Your body's basically recovering. Yes. In a In a healthy way. Yes. Yeah, there's a time and a place for that, and that's... I love that, that you're really choosing, okay, this is what I'm, this is how I'm going to exert my body, and it's going to perform really well. Right, and it's great. It's just great. But the only thing is that if you are not experienced at managing the adrenaline, you can get into a troublesome situation, Mm -hmm. because your body is, like you mentioned, in fight or flight mode. Like, you walk up to the barbell on a weightlifting competition, and that's your saber tooth right there. You Mm -hmm. need to, like, put everything you've got into getting that bar over your head, as quickly as you can and most efficiently as you can but if you're too stressed out if you can't calm your body or calm your mind you'll end up doing crazy stuff like you'll miss in a weird way or you'll like throw the bar in front of you or your hands will slip off Mm. or whatever so 
how can you as an athlete take advantage of using adrenaline to your advantage on the platform repeatability okay consistency if you're in the gym and you can consistently hit the same position and if you consistently have the same setup and you consistently have the same approach and when you get to the platform and your adrenaline is spiked and your body is like on fire with excitement mm-hmm. if you fall into your same pattern and you're utilizing the extra blood flow mm-hmm. that's the recipe for success mm-hmm. so in order to be successful in an adrenaline pump situation you have to be able to use a repeatable method of calming yourself mm-hmm. and approaching whatever competition style you're doing that's why a lot of athletes like you know uh, professional athletes will use their will have their headphones on mm-hmm. in the warm up because they're listening to their same playlist mm-hmm. so they can calm their body and they can follow a repeatable method right versus just letting the adrenaline take them on a wild goose chase the whole day right they're kind of trying to almost maybe walk the line between parasympathetic and sympathetic yes so they're trying to stay mentally calm right while their body is staying physically aroused right right my suggestion is that you um practice having a repeatable environment and repeatable method of approach so like if you're an olympic weightlifter um even lifting in the same spot in the gym consistently using the same bar consistently approaching it in the same way every time meaning like if I take a three-step approach up to the bar I set my right hand first I set my left hand second I take a dynamic start I take a breath and then I go if that's the same every single time I'll be able to translate that skill onto the platform Mm. if I get too comfortable in that environment though that can start to be a problem so once you feel like you've gotten your repeatability, then you can induce some stressors in the gym to make yourself more prepared for competition. So maybe um, you're used to working out alone and you tend to lift in a quiet room. Um, to practice your repeatability under duress, you might go to a class where there are actually 15 people, there are a bunch of bars flying and the music is cranked. Mm. And someone's yelling at you and getting you excited and you're not wearing your Oli shoes, you're not wearing your Olympic lifting Whoa. shoes. Right? So now you've introduced three different stressful factors. Yeah. And then uh, your goal is to strive to have repeatability under the stressful factors. Because when you get to the platform, you can't determine what's going to happen. Someone in front of you in the audience moves. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with that. You have to be prepared for that. You have to be able to execute repeatability and consistency under duress. So you need repeatability to help increase your flexibility. Exactly. Exactly. You have to find your comfort zone in order to break your comfort zone. I love that. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. So, I have a challenge for you this week. Okay. Your challenge is to choose a lift that you would like to work on. Uh-huh. Uh, is there a lift that you know that you'd like to work on? I'd like to work on my clean and jerk. Okay. Clean and jerk. Your, your challenge this week is to find your consistency with your clean and jerk. Okay. So... I want you to take every rep in the exact same way the okay. whole week when you clean and jerk. Mm-hmm. Take the rep the exact same way. So approach the bar the same way. Mm-hmm. Tell yourself the same thing in your brain. Grab the bar the same way. Move into the position the same way. Take as many breaths in between the clean and the jerk as you normally would. Mm. And then when you're done and you've executed the lift, put it down the same way. Rest in the same way. Wow. Yes. I'm ready for this challenge because I do not really think about those things. Yeah. You're going to look nuts to yourself. You'll <laughs> yeah. feel crazy. Yeah. But you'll notice that, like, people who do this for, you know, more consistently or like to compete, mm-hmm. you'll notice they look exactly the same on every lift. 
and then they might go sit down in between their lips mm. on like an actual chair in the gym. <laughs> I know, I know. But it should look gyms? the same. Yeah, should look the same uh-huh. no matter the weight and no matter the uh, intensity of the lift. So that's part one of your challenge. Okay. Find your consistency. Part two. Two-parter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and this might come down the line. Once you've found your consistency, uh-huh. determine what environment you need to spike your adrenaline. Oh, sure. I can already think of that. Yeah, you already know? What is yeah. it? Um, so usually the if I'm going to be doing a clean and jerk in a class, usually I'm going to the same class time. They're generally the same people. I go kind of in the middle of the day. Everyone's mm-hmm. pretty chill and relaxed. And the times I've been to a class later in the day. In the evening. Hold on. An afternoon class, pump. Yeah, an afternoon pump class. It is a totally, it's like I'm walking to a different gym. Yep. Everyone is coming to kind of blow off steam after work. Yes. The music is cranked. The classes are super full. So nothing wrong with that. But I, I typically Certainly don't. put puts you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Bit. I don't put myself into that situation. Yeah. I can do this. Okay. Yeah. So consistency, repeatability. Uh-huh. Practice it in the first part of the week. Mm-hmm. And then go into your out of your comfort zone class mm-hmm. where your adrenaline is spiked and yeah. practice repeatability and consistency. And I think that this is kind of the general tools that you're talking about. You can use that for so many different things. I right. Mean, I mean, that's how people practice taking tests. Yeah. It's the same idea that yeah. you practice your SAT stuff yeah. in the same type of environment with the same type of pencil and your same desk in your classroom. Right. And then when you go take it in the testing hall, it shouldn't be that scary. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. Right. So, adrenaline, both good and can be bad. It's pretty much good. There's a, there's but if you have too much of it, yeah. just like anything, chocolate, good. Too much chocolate, bad. <laughs> coffee, great. Too much coffee, questionable. Mm-hmm. I have a question of the, of the week for us, okay. question of the episode. Mm-hmm. The question this episode comes from Brianna, and she asks, uh, what should I eat the night before a competition, mm. the morning of, mm-hmm. and after the competition. She's specifically referring to an Olympic weightlifting competition because we have one coming up <laughs> in the gym. So I know where she's going with this. Yeah. So let's imagine that we are Brianna, which is a person who is about to do their very first competition. And uh, my suggestion always, if you're doing your very first competition, is that you're not concerned about what your weight class is. Totally. So you're not concerned about your weigh-in the day, bef- the day of the competition. Right. So let's imagine you are um, someone who weighs in the 75 kilo class, meaning you have to be under 75 kilos, between 69 and 75 kilos. Mm-hmm. And you're walking around at 73 kilos on a normal day, and you don't need to worry about weighing in for your weight class. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have a little bit of a different experience than somebody who might be hitting a weight cut before they do their competition. But let's imagine that you're not doing that because first time competing, second time, third time even, mm-hmm. I would not suggest doing that. I, uh, let, I'm i going to give you the turnover on what to eat yeah. the day before. And okay. then I'm going to talk about the morning of. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, okay, day before, I think really kind of speaking to what you were just saying, Hannah, about keeping it comfortable, not going out for some crazy meal, not eating shrimp if you never eat shrimp, Maybe staying at home, keeping things pretty peaceful, making a meal that you know you really like, that doesn't kind of upset your stomach. Right. Going for something that you've had before that you really enjoy, so it isn't even a stressor, that's really big. Second thing, 
you know, just generally having a mix of the three macronutrients. So making sure that you're getting in some sort of carbohydrate, you're getting in some sort of fat, and you're getting in some sort of protein, that's going to go a long way. But I think the biggest thing for a beginner you know, person who's going to be competing is just get food that you like. Yes. Make sure that you eat it and make sure that you're relaxed. Yes. Don't stress about it. That's that's exactly what I would say. The day before a competition, you just want to pick something that you know you can eat and have comfortably sit in your body. And I would also suggest reducing your sodium intake. So like if you're going to I actually have the same food every day, every time before I compete. Same food the day before, same food the day of, and usually the same food to follow it's up. It's part too. of your setup. Yes. Really. Exactly. So the day before a competition, I'll make sure I get in like a full day's worth of food that I'm not skimping on myself and that I focus on getting in easy to digest starches. Like I know that I'm really good with rice and plain white rice and sweet potatoes and I can do great with lean meats like chicken or, or salmon or something like that. So I'll make myself those foods and they're very plain the day before so that my body doesn't have to contest with trying to like reduce bloat or water or anything like that. I just am doing limited sodium but otherwise, getting in all of the protein I need, starches I need, veggies I need, without a lot of additional flavor to them. Mm-hmm. On the, and then the night before, usually I stop eating uh, like around 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock so I can, you know, pee it all out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. you're, not, you're not skipping a meal. You're right. just choosing. I'm just to, choosing to stop a little earlier. You're giving yourself more time to fully digest that last meal of the day. Yes. And then in the morning, as I'm headed out to weigh in at the meet, I usually have a small cup of coffee, like a quarter cup, a mm-hmm. couple of ounces just to make myself feel, um, make my body start to, you know, use my metabolism and wake my body up because I'm not going to eat in the morning, personally. Some people have an okay time eating in the morning, but I am so jazzed up and excited about the weigh-in process and about the process of lifting that I usually don't r- really have room for it in my stomach. And I think it makes a lot of sense to do what you're just saying, where you're keeping that coffee in. You're not going to, you know, the, the one day that you don't drink coffee is, shouldn't be a competition right, yeah. day. That's, again, I keep on saying stressor, but even on a little scale like that, that is a big stressor. Yeah, to you change decided, your food would yeah. be bad. So I just take a little bit in, and then I go to weigh in, and once weigh in is over, that's when I have the same meal every competition. I make rice cakes <laughs> with a layer of plain white rice, a layer of chicken, eggs, and cheese, and then another layer of plain white rice, squished them up, cut them up into cubes, mm-hmm. or like, whatever, little two, two inch by two inch squares, and then I eat two to three of those, depending on how hungry I am. The reason I choose those things is because uh, cheese has fat in it, which I need after being depleted from the night before. Uh, the rice is a bunch of quick, easily digestible carbs that I know will not hurt my stomach, and then the chicken is an easy way for me to get protein. Mm-hmm. So for me, I know those foods aren't going to hurt. They're going to fill me up. They're going to make me feel good. And that's where I go. Usually I also add in a couple of cookies. Yeah. Um, and then I finish my coffee to increase my blood sugar and to turn up that adrenaline a little bit before mm-hmm. I compete. Mm-hmm. I love that. After competition, I eat whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> <laughs> and you really should because after a competition too, your body is maxed out. Yes. Not only did you just lift a bunch of heavy stuff, but also remember everything that we're talking about this episode, you're now dealing with your body trying to move that adrenaline rush 
out through you. Yeah. So your body is working through some extra hormones that it normally doesn't have right. that amount and of. And you're so exhausted and you need to be re- to replenished. Uh, I, would, I would say that depending on how you do in the competition, if you do well, your adrenaline spike can lead to an endorphin spike. And that endorphin spike can last for a long time. So if you're not careful, you might binge eat mm. because of like just the excitement of eating again and eating so much. So just be mindful that you just like still take time to chew your food mm-hmm. and maybe talk to friends in between bites and stuff just so you don't make yourself feel physically sick. Right. Speaking from experience, I have gorged myself many times after meats and then literally thrown up because I'm like a little kid <laughs> who's at a sleepover. I'm so excited. I drink like 80 Mountain Dews and eat all of the Sour Patch Kids and the next thing I know I have to be taken home early. My mom's <laughs> picking me up. She's like, why'd you puke? How embarrassing. That's how I am after a competition. So it's good to be mindful. It is. Good to have that in the back of your head. All right. That's it for us. Great. We got caffeine and competition. Hashtag adrenaline rush. Adrenaline rush. It's like Fast and the Furious 77. (laughs) (laughs) So drink your coffee in moderate amounts. Yeah. Lift your weights. Same every time. Enjoy your week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Sulcana Cast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulcanacast.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.